this is the Xbox Cast. Hello and welcome to the Xbox Cast. This is a very special episode where we take apart the news that has come out this week. And we are joined by a very, very special person, Shane Bailey. We're your hosts, Carl and Lee. And we're diving into the Xbox business update today for a very special episode. Welcome, Shane. How's it going? I'm great. Thanks for having me, guys. It's good to, uh, good to be back. Ah, you're more than welcome. Thanks for joining on such short notice. That's all right. It's um, have you a been momentous on occasion. We came, on, we came on your podcast, but have you been on our podcast before? Uh, I think I came on yours once. Definitely, yeah, definitely once. Definitely once. Definitely yeah. once. I remember coming on your podcast because we were quite impressed how organized you were. But yeah. Have <laughs> you ever come on a podcast before? I know. The, pr- the problem with a very organized podcast, it's a lot of work. And it's that's work. why yeah, that sure. podcast lasted about three months. Because <laughs> I was like, this is too much effort. <laughs> yeah. as as I love it. <laughs> the amount of effort you put into that was phenomenal. It made us look like amateurs. <laughs> we, just, we just pitch up every week and go, oh, what's happening? Let's read the headlines. Wait, 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 wait. No, wait that's fine. Kyle, wait, you pitch up every week. <laughs> I've been sat here for like an hour nearly, 45 minutes. Yeah, well, I pitch up every week. Jeez. Lee reads the you headlines to me, and this is how we yeah. go. And then I just. That's what I want. See, I want to podcast. So I just don't want any of the effort. So if someone could produce a podcast for me, well, and you I'll just, just come on this podcast. You yeah, just come on this podcast because Kyle yeah. does that every week. He just turns up, <laughs> has opinions. Yep. <laughs> If you have opinions and you like to rage and just, you know, rant a bit, it's perfect. You pitch up, Lee gets some annoying news, you get to rant, rant for an oh, yeah. hour. It's like Love a it. weekly therapy session <laughs> with games thrown in. <laughs> Love it. So for those that don't know you, Shane, do you want to just give a quick intro, you know, how you found yourself on this podcast in the random place in the world? Yeah, sure. Uh, my name's Shane uh, on the East Coast of Australia. Uh, I've been in and around the games industry in a variety of different ways for is basically my whole life. Um, did retail way back when. Uh, my first, like I suppose, proper full-time gig was with Ubisoft Australia uh, for about six years in different marketing roles. Um, ended up working mostly on Rainbow Six and esports there as a brand manager. Uh, left in 2021 uh, and then joined a nonprofit, Cure Cancer. Um, they're a cancer research charity, and um, they uh, have this gaming arm that I've been helping build and hone uh, called Game on Cancer. It's an initiative to unite the gaming community and support the cancer researchers that the charity funds. Uh, and it's been going really, really well. Uh, last year, we passed a million dollars raised in four years, Jeez. and it shows no signs of slowing down. Uh, and in, in and amongst all that, I've been doing yeah, podcasting for I started back in 2013 and it was games and movies with my mates around like my mum's dining table and then uh, it stopped for a bit when I worked at Ubisoft and I came back during COVID and did a Twitch show, um, had these guys on a couple of times. Uh, yeah, so I, I love podcasting, love talking about Xbox, Xbox is my favourite platform, Halo is my favourite game, hence the uh, energy sword tattoo on my arm. Uh, yeah, and then obviously really excited to be here today to talk about the business update event. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining. Mr. Lee, how are you doing? I'm okay. It's weird. Saturday, Saturday morning or Saturday lunchtime podcasting is a bit odd. Daytime, yeah. daylight. You feeling a bit awake and, and refreshed? Well, vaguely, yes. <laughs> yes, I know what you mean. This daytime podcasting is very strange. Yeah, no more natural light coming in. Yeah, the light is coming in. There's no other light that needs to happen apart from, you know, the, the special Twitch stream ring light going on there. But of course, of course, catch the eyes. Yeah, yeah it's got to got to get into the eyes, to make sure that you pop on the live streams. Uh, 
So yeah, this is a very special episode where we're just going to break down what Xbox announced on the podcast. So first of all, my first thing is we have this, this, the, the community in flames for like three weeks, you know, Twitter burning down, Xbox being silent, and then they decide to go and do a podcast where they sit around and do like a YouTube podcast that was what, 30, 40 minutes to talk about this and like, to try and not stop. Not even live, 25 minutes, 24 and bit minutes it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, not even live just release it yeah so here you go guys this is fine here you go this is this is, this is fine so how we <laughs> first of all what's your reaction to the fact that with the community that was all in flames and burning down and you know you had people like x tim dog or whatever and and risk it for the biscuit like these really big xbox influencers and in inverted commas you know walking away from the brand publicly and then xbox releases a 20 minute podcast on youtube to address these fears What's your initial reaction on that? Um, look, I don't. How am I going to put it? I, I, I just want to say. Um, so I just want to say one thing. So remember last week, on. I kept saying to you, rumors, yep. rumors, rumors, all the way through. We kept repeating the same word, rumors, for one reason. It's because it was all rumors. There was no actual yeah. substance behind any of it. Uh, so Twitter uh, burning down is Twitter burning down. That's, that's <laughs> kind of what it does. <laughs> that's yeah. I'm kind of with you there, Lee. Like. If you want to react that way, go for it. That's fine. Um, I'm going to wait for official word. And I think it's it's obvious. Like, we'll, we'll get into it, right? You know, they announced four games. There might be others coming. There probably are others coming. All these rumors were just like, you know, Microsoft is considering this, considering that. It's reported that they're looking at bringing, you know, Gears, Halo, all these other games to to competitive platforms. And I'm sure they are considering all that. That's the nature of the business. They'll consider all their options. Doesn't mean it's actually happening. So... Why don't we just wait for official words? So I, I don't see the sense in uh, I, I speculate all you want, and that 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 part can be fun. But to denounce an entire platform and to say you're walking away and you're going to trade, uh, yeah, I, I just don't. I can't align with it. I just I can't get on board with that that thinking. Um, just wait for official word and make your judgment call. Because everyone trusts Jez, don't they? Like what he says, but has it kind of yeah. broken his trust a little bit there? That's a bit odd for him to come out so so strongly to say the whole world was over. And then for them to kind of go, well, no, none of it's true. What's been happening? It's. I think I, we'll probably get into it, but I think um, right now it's only four games, right? But it's it's going to be more. Like mm-hmm. the they've said this is a test and learn, um, but it's clear that that, that the one thing they have at home is they want to grow the Xbox business, and um, I don't think they think they can do it purely via console. Um, which is why they're leaning so hard into PC and, and cloud. And that's not growing fast enough for them. They have to look at other ways. So that's why they're really seriously considering and actually, you know, porting these games to PlayStation and Switch. So, um, yeah, I think there's, I think it's fair to be concerned. I don't like how long it took them to sort of react. At the same time, though, as someone who used to be in communications in the gaming industry, you have to be careful what you say because people will infer, will then take that away and, focus on what you didn't say. So if Aaron Greenberg or someone, you know, two weeks ago came out and said, guys, don't listen to the rumors, Starfield, Indiana Jones, Halo Gears, they're not coming to PlayStation or Switch. Everyone else would be like, oh, so what about Sea of Thieves, Hi-Fi Rush and mm-hmm. all these other games? What about Forza? What about, you know, Blade? Yeah. Um, so you have to be really careful about what you say and when you say it. Um, and I think this took them off guard i think they felt compelled to obviously they had something planned for later in the american spring time frame um but they were under pressure to actually say something 
sooner rather than later. Otherwise, it, I mean, yeah, the narrative just takes on a life of its own and all of a yep. sudden the, the casual market hears Xbox is going third party and it doesn't matter what you say. It's like the Xbox One launch when everyone still believed, even though Microsoft said, we're not doing DRM, there was still, the mass market still believed, oh, you can't play pre-owned games on, on Xbox One. So yeah. you need to be really careful. The narrative doesn't get away from you. I know people like to say any publicity is good publicity. No, no. <laughs> not the case. Um, if you let the narrative take on a life of its own, it becomes really dangerous. What yeah, do you think, sure. Carl? Because you were the, you were very much on the side of Jez Corden and all that, weren't you? You were basically the world was burning down. Well, yeah. Um, I still think that this is a mistake from Microsoft, from Xbox. But with what Shane said, seeing that they're not growing the console business, I saw a very interesting stat this week. There was like, you know, the PlayStation 2 and that era, 180 million consoles total sold. The place, the Xbox 360, PlayStation 3 era, 180 million consoles sold. The Xbox One era, 180 million consoles sold. So the console actual market is stagnant. It's not grown. Yeah. It's, got a, it's got a cap. So Microsoft moving to day and date on PC great it, i mean they they make windows it works perfectly moving day and day to cloud they own azure it's synergy whereas moving across to a competitor's platform that there's no synergy there i mean if you jump onto your playstation and you end up playing halo on playstation with your mate who owns an xbox at what point are you going to go and jump and buy an xbox and go actually it'll just be better on xbox there's there's that disconnect there's no reason to own the hardware to jump into the ecosystem i think they i think they will i, I think that'll happen in very few instances right like i think the the audience that plays you know through reporting we know that these four games are going to be sea of thieves grounded pentiment and hi-fi rush mm-hmm. and phil in the episode teased that oh you know maybe these games to other platforms, they um, build an audience and a fan base, and it would warrant a sequel. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they're thinking with Hi-Fi Rush. It's like, oh, let's sell it on Switch and PlayStation. People are going to love it because it's a great game. It'll reach a new audience. And then when we decide to greenlight Hi-Fi Rush 2 off the back of that success, and we make it exclusive, at least initially, to Xbox, maybe we get some of those customers to buy a console or to buy it on PC or to play it via the cloud. So that's how they're trying to get that um, that new customer by getting a hook in them on a mm-hmm. competitive platform and then luring them over yep. to their side. Um, I don't think it's going to work with just one game for many people. It'll work for some. Like it's not going to work like for no one. That's just not actually accurate. But um, I think over time, maybe it happens with more. It's just like, oh, wow. Yeah, Hi-Fi Rush. I like that game. That's um, the sequels on Xbox oh, you know what, I really liked, let's say, the Gears collection or something like that goes to PlayStation. Gears 6 is out. I really want to play the new one. Mm -hmm. Um, Or, I don't know, like, I'm just trying to think of other examples of games that have released recently um, or that are coming out this year. I don't know, let's say Avowed eventually goes to to PlayStation and Avowed 2 comes out later and they're like, oh, I really want to play that sequel as well. So, you know, Microsoft, they, they... their new mantra is every screen is an Xbox. Um, and as long as you're, an, you're playing an Xbox game, then they see you as one of their customers. And it's the same way they view um, Minecraft users on different platforms, it's the same way they view Candy Crush users now as well. Mm. Um, so they're trying to yeah, diversify and get away from just relying on their own, own hardware. 
For games like Minecraft and Sea of Thieves, it makes perfect sense to get it onto as many screens as possible because those games have their own in-game marketplace. So, mm. you know, you, you jump onto Sea of Thieves. Oh, the parrot is only $2.99. Really cool parrot. And he comes with a banana on his head. Of course, you know, here's two bucks. Oh, here's three bucks for a cool mm. new sales. And, you know, you build those little microtransactions in. And it's just that for games like that, I can understand. For games like Half-Hour Rush, Pentiment, and even Grounded. I mean, Grounded is a really cool multiplayer game. Um, it would be better if it had more than four people at one point, in my opinion. Um, but Grounded and, and those games don't really have a marketplace that you can put a game on, on a competing platform and then have that constant customer buying new, new cosmetics, new tran- microtransactions mm-hmm. going on. So I understand what you say about the whole, of course, it's going to get people to look at Xbox when the sequels come out or when something new comes out, but it's not going to go that most people go, oh yeah, I can wait a year for Grounded 2 to come onto PlayStation. I can wait a year sure. for Half-Hour Rush 2 if they're going to go that route. I think, I think Microsoft would make the argument that when they say these games have reached their full potential on Xbox is that they're not selling more, they're not getting much more engagement via of these games via game pass than they already are like they've reached that that some kind of ceiling like a saturation and yeah and then and they're not driving acquisition of users whether it be like cloud or console switch games as well couldn't they why is it not switch as well because shouldn't switch be in the conversation with playstation Mm. because those games like grounded and high Mm. all perfect switch games aren't they because they're kind of low res almost yeah Um, i do want like hi-fi rush even though it's a cartoony art style in terms of frame rate like it demands quite a lot so i do wonder if it's a game that comes to switch or um switch two switch mm. two yeah. yeah yeah um they might be able to you know port it to that older hardware but i mean if it was com- if if hi-fi rush could work on the current switch i think hi-fi rush would have released as an xbox one game as well oh yeah but it didn't. So my gut is saying, Hi-Fi Rush, maybe you might have to wait for Switch 2 for that one. Anyway. Um, yeah, so I think they, they, they see these games as they're not driving acquisition of users via console sales anymore um, or getting people to play them via, via the well, cloud. they in... well as well. They've been out for quite a while now. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if they're not... If, they're, if these games aren't already selling um, people on... By, get, by getting into the Xbox ecosystem, what's to say that the sequels will? You might as well go to where the players are. Um, but I understand your position, Kyle, in the sense that it it weakens the overall, um, uh, what's the, the, especially the attractiveness of the Xbox ecosystem, like the console itself, because it's just fewer exclusives yeah. on, on the platform than we had two years ago, like a year ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think what Microsoft thinks is that we're, they're still going to have those big tentpole games, like games like Hellblade, Blade, Indiana Jones, Future Halo, Gears, Forza, that sort of thing, Elder mm-hmm. Scrolls Six. Mm-hmm. Um, like they're, they're not going to go to competitive platforms anytime soon. I think they will come eventually, but I mean they're going to they're going to lean on at the very minimum timed exclusivity for many years um, mm-hmm. to get to get people to buy in. So I think overall you're still going to get those exclusive games, the big ones. Um, Microsoft's just going to be very selective around which ones go um, and the timing at which they go to, to PlayStation. Mm. That's my feeling on it. And they did say the best experience is on the Xbox. That's the idea, isn't it? That's what they kind of they keep the consoles going. Yeah. yeah. And I suppose another thing to think about as well is like 
I don't want to jump ahead, but you know, they teased Xbox hardware and the fact that we're going to see the biggest technological leap between console generations we've ever seen. My gut says that they're not talking about graphical power, they're talking about AI and machine learning. What if those other game well those what if those other systems don't lean into AI and machine learning and Xbox exclusives rely on that technology? Is it possible to then port those games elsewhere? Mm. Um so yeah, a lot of question marks. Um, I said on a podcast yesterday, I think right now the Xbox community is looking for certainty in an industry that is now in a constant state of change. Mm-hmm. Um, and Microsoft is trying to adapt to that change and be flexible and fluid and go with the flow. Uh, and all the Xbox community wants to be told is what's definitely happening this generation or next generation. It's the, the ABK stuff, isn't it? We just want to know what games are coming out to Game Pass. Yeah, yeah. They want to know that... What we're going to they get. Want to know, yeah. They want to know that I've invested in the Xbox ecosystem. I want to know that, that, the, that the reason I bought in was for these exclusive games and they're not going anywhere else because why would I have bought an Xbox in the first place? Mm-hmm. I think that's what they, they want to know. And I think that's what Xbox tried to communicate in this podcast and said it's just these four games at the moment. Yeah, that um, was the, the little asterisk there, at the moment. Which exactly. They're going to say at the moment though, aren't they? Because if these indie games go well, they're going to go, well, that's cool. What other games are on a back catalogue that are two years old? We can release exactly well. yeah. yeah and that's why you know the verge had an interview with phil spencer and they said can you definitively say that starfield and indiana jones will never come to, to ps5 for instance and phil was very coy about it and said it doesn't make it would make no sense to say never um you can't you can't question. commit to that stance really i think that, i think they are considering you know there was articles just overnight that the saying like microsoft flight sim doom gears of war they're all they're all considering these things i believe they're considering them whether they happen or not is another story. Of course, we're going to have a conversation, aren't they? There's going to be a meeting about it, but it's yeah. all money at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. More about money, don't they? Yeah. All right. Should, should we, we go as through... we've been kind of? Should we go through the actual? Yeah. Uh, the yeah, we're jumping around. Sorry, I took that conversation. Yeah, no, no that's no, okay. No. All, all over right. the it's show. <laughs> so yeah, Lee, take us through this um, the actual podcast. What was announced in order, so we can go through all the yeah, highs and lows. And... This list is back to front, actually. Oh, so you have to start at the bottom. Um, oh, we'll start at the top of this list. There's a list here I've got off of Games Radar, which seems to cover it all. Cool. So we're just talking about so um, Xbox Blue exclusive games are going to be a smaller and smaller part of the game industry over the next decade. Well, I can understand that, um, but I can also you also want to have that that um, surety that if you buy an Xbox, you're getting experiences you can't get anywhere else. So if you yeah, if, that's like, the reason you buy into the system, right? Well, yeah. for, for for a lot of people, it, it's the reason you want to buy into the ecosystem. Is you you go right? That's, I'm going to get something that I can't get anywhere else. It's the reason you buy a PlayStation is because God of War can't be anywhere else. And so, you know, that's that's what you really want to focus on. I can understand why they say this because in the future, that Microsoft obviously is seeing you know 20 years from now when consoles don't exist where computer hardware itself is literally just a screen plugged into the internet and everything, you know, your operating system is streamed, your apps are streamed, everything is just coming down to the dumb screen. I played, I was, you know, we talked about last week about um, the whole thing was about cloud gaming is really bad. It doesn't work properly. Mm -hmm. So GeForce Now is on my TV. I've got an LG TV. GeForce Now is there. It talks to Game Pass. I was like, right, I'm going to have a play on this. So it's a free account. It's still the basic account. I logged in. 
um, I had to go and get a mouse and key. I get a keyboard to plug into my TV <laughs> so I could actually log in on my Xbox account. And then on my phone, I had to do the TFA. And I was like, this is a, it's always like, you can see a little mouse appeared on my screen. It was literally like a Windows happening inside it. So that was a real painful experience. I started the game up and the, even the cutscenes were jumping. Mm. Let alone getting into the game and actually trying to shoot something. I was playing Rage 2. Mm. I was like, this is terrible. So, okay, right. So I, I exited out and went to play uh, Juicent, that climbing game. Nice, real chilled out game. Mm-hmm. And it asked me to log in again. It asked me to do my 2FA again, load the game up again. I was like, oh, okay, so this is just broken. Like, there's no... It's not it just doesn't yet. work. It's just not there. It's not close. It's yeah. not there yet. But if, have you tried using the xCloud on your phone, for example? Have you tried any game on your phone, Mr. Lee? Yeah, but the phone's fine. But that's okay. But it's a little screen. Yeah. Little my screen. big screen. Yeah. I want to play my big screen and sit on my couch playing, not... Because every Especially time... Actually, you're like, right, the console's going now. There's no more consoles. Like, okay, cool. Right. I'm going to sit on my TV and play Xbox. No, just can't do it. It's just not possible. It's but, not there yet. No. Um, and I wonder I if it's because to... New Zealand. I wonder if it's a data center issue because they're in Sydney, not in New Zealand. Might be, yeah. I remember I booted up Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, I think like the first day or the first week that, yeah, cloud gaming was available to us here in Australia. And it worked surprisingly well, like a bit of stuttering um, as the game was like sort of getting up, like in the, in the, the start menu to open the, the save file. Once I was playing, it was, it was okay. Um, controls are pretty responsive. It was, I was playing on just on touch um, and that's not ideal, but I mean, I could have, I got a backbone at, at some stage and I could, I could now use that. Um, yeah. And I'm on, I was on, I mean, I think I was on home Wi-Fi. I've tried it 4G in the past. I don't have 5G. I don't have a 5G phone, but um, yeah, I think uh, it's one of those technologies where I feel, I feel like it'll, it'll get there. It's only a matter of time before it's really close to replicating the experience of playing on local hardware. It will so never be the away. same as local hardware, but... This was so bad, though. It wasn't even close. Mm. Yeah. It was terrible. The phone's actually fine. I play with my phone. So I've got, I've got one of the little Razer things with Xbox controller. It works great mm. on my phone, but on the TV, it's shocking. Like, there's no... Yeah, but that's probably GeForce Now as being a pain. Because I know GeForce Now yeah, is not a seamless experience with talking to Game Pass. Right, yeah. So no, I think to not. Phil's point around, like, uh, so was it the exact quote? It was like, exclusive games will be a smaller part of the industry going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going to be smaller I mean, and smaller part of the industry, game industry. Yeah. I that's think right. that, that's decade. true. Like, the, it doesn't mean that they're, they're going to be any less important um, or there's going to be uh, fewer of them. In fact, with Xbox, we know there's going to be more than ever, right? Um, because of their their acquisitions. But to say that they're going to be a smaller part of the industry, I think is true because the the industry is is growing much faster in, in other ways and in other areas, particularly live service, where live service continues to dominate, um, and uh, and mobile still you know continuing to grow as well. So, um, te- I technically what he's saying I think is accurate. Exclusive first-party exclusive games will become a smaller part of the industry. Because mm. well, the PlayStation has got two coming out this year, haven't they? Like Spider-Man uh, and first, yeah, like first and second no, party. They have Helldivers and Concord. They've got other exclusives, but yeah, they're not they're actual first-party first ones. Yeah, yeah they're, they're kind of lacking this year. A bit like our 2023 was it last year? Year before was we had two? Like one or something. Two, yeah, two. Yeah, 2022 was light. Yeah, yeah. So do you think that this is a way to kind of strong arm PlayStation into the Microsoft way of doing business? Uh, By putting their games across more platforms? Not about this, but by saying that, you know, you've got the exclusive games are going to be a smaller and smaller part. So then it's kind of like a shot across PlayStation bow to say, you know, we're 
we're investing in this. We're going to end up with a lot of money. And the PlayStation, the Sony investors or the board kind of goes, yeah, of course it makes more sense. Why don't we put God of War on Xbox? Why don't we get Spider-Man in front of, you know, the Xbox players as well type thing? So it's not so much for the, the Sony fans and the PlayStation people, but maybe it's for the Sony board, the Sony investors to think about where the games should be going. I think PlayStation will, I think PlayStation is a generation behind Xbox in terms of following their strategy, right? Like they're only just starting to put their games onto PC. Mm -hmm. Um, Xbox did start a day and date PC in 2016 with Play Anywhere. In fact, they did it better. They still do it better because you buy it once and you own it across Mm -hmm. both both ecosystems. Um, Whereas Helldivers 2, you know, earlier this month is the first PlayStation published game to launch day and date on, on PC. So they're, they're still very behind, but they haven't had a need to because their console business is so strong because the games are actually like selling quite a lot. Whereas Xbox did it out of, okay, our Xbox One generation is not going great. We need these games to sell. We're going to do day and date PC. So um, I think with Xbox now looking at a multi-platform strategy, PlayStation will eventually get there. PlayStation will eventually get to the point where the games are day and date across PC and that won't be enough. They'll be like, where else do we find growth? Mm-hmm. Is, is it in cloud? And I think eventually it's going to be multi-platform. Um, and it might even come from pressure from people like Marvel who say, Spider-Man 3 sold great, but we need X-Men to sell more. Mm-hmm. How are you going to make that happen? And um, Disney, yeah. Yeah. Especially Disney. They're really into money, aren't they, Disney? So, <laughs> Well, yeah, we see the huge okay. licensing um, yeah. costs that they... Although they interesting that they re- renegotiated the indie contract, didn't they? So it was going because it was Xbox and PlayStation that indie game, and they renegotiated to be Xbox only, right? With Disney, so that's kind of interesting that they managed to get that done. Yeah, I think um, you know Microsoft seemed to play nice with things like Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop, but it seems like for the moment they're not with something like Indiana Jones and maybe even Blade as well. We're going to have to wait and see on that on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I think that game's is, is Blade Disney as well? Is that Marvel? That's Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Marvel's yeah, played. Yeah. Mm. So, um, yeah, I mean, a lot can change. In, you know, I think that game's 2027, probably at the earliest. So a lot can change in three years. Yeah. I mean, and you look at the stats for, say, you know, Spider-Man 2, which was a really big PlayStation launch, for example. You have an install base of 60 million consoles, say, and the game peters out at 12 million copies sold. And you kind of go, why are we not capturing the rest of that 40-something million people? Where, what, what did we miss? Why did they not pick it up? This is supposed mm. to be, you know, 10 pole PlayStation RP. So what's going on here? Um, so yeah, I think by saying that it is a, a shot across Sony's bowels, but just for the board and the investors to kind of go, maybe you should be focusing on PlayStation it, and their strategy in a different way. But like who's, you said, who's replacing our favorite uh, CEO of Sony, the guy that was. Was oh, the CEO yeah. the guy that was actually yeah, who quite oh, recently? Jim Ryan. Jim Ryan left, and then right now we've Jim got Ryan, yeah. Sony's CFO uh, leading PlayStation, Hiroki Totoki. Um, and he had a very interesting um, comment out coming out of their recent financial reports and saying that, like, you know, things are good, but they can do be a lot better. And yeah, right now the PlayStation that. business un- doesn't understand how it's going to grow. So I think he's going to, he's probably going to put see, up. I read that as he's putting the prices up. 
because <laughs> he wants what? more value out of the business or something. I was like, oh, you can put the prices up then. Is that what you're going to do? Well, he's he's just going to focus on profits. Like their yeah, PlayStation's profit margins are, are, are sliding, like they're, they're decreasing. Um, so they're spending more money to basically make make the same amount that they've been they've been making or just the the, the margins are, are still shrinking so that's probably more money to the to the studios is it, i guess to kind of get licensing or and it's that it's also it's also headcount um which is why you know there's i suppose speculation that uh they're not going to just cull jobs here and there from different studios they might even consider um closing down one that was one of the things to come out of the insomniac leaks oh. is that just trimming Headcount here and there isn't isn't going to be enough. They're going to have to shut their studio. So, fingers crossed that doesn't happen. Obviously, we want all people in the industry to have a safe and secure jobs. But um, it does it speaks to PlayStation's um, the current strategy they've been leaning on just not being sustainable. You know, big AAA third um, uh, mm. first party games. Pardon me. They're um, in the the way that they're making them is is not sustainable. They take too long to make and they cost too much. Um, so, how do you change that which is why i think jim ryan was looking at live service and really leaning into that Mm -hmm. as a way to diversify and also why i think they're going to do more they'll do more dlc with their single player games and they'll do more spin-offs in the same way that you make spider-man you take the same assets and you do miles morales two years later Mm -hmm. um you'll start to see more of those like a a venom game you know based on the the core mechanics that they created for spider-man 2 that's definitely coming at some point so uh, and we sure. saw through the Insomniac leaks that because of that, Miles Morales was incredibly profitable. Um, Sp- Spider-Man, for example, I think had like a $300 million budget or a $250 million budget. Profit margins were like, I don't know, 20, 20% if that. Um, whereas Miles Morales had like a 100% profit margin or more because it only costs $50 million to make and we made $200 million or mm-hmm. whatever it was. Um, so, yeah, I think they, they just need to be smarter about how they go about their I, I don't think PlayStation business. like eating their own lunch, do they? Do they don't like killing other parts of the business to feed another part? Whereas Xbox doesn't seem to care too much about doing that. Mm. They'll happily kill the Xbox console a little bit to push the Azure stuff they're selling. So, mm. whereas PlayStation were not putting out so many good games on their uh, cloud service because they didn't want to kind of kill the first person, first party sure. selling. Exactly. Yeah, they're they're worried that they're going to kill PlayStation hardware sales if they if their games come too quickly to PC. I think. It's already been demonstrated that that's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the PlayStation brand is so strong that PlayStation customers, they're not interested in PC. You know, like th- they have captured the casual console market, the people who just want to buy a console that works, you know, the, the mums and the kids who just want um, mm-hmm. want to play games in front of their TV. Like they don't have to worry about PC. I think Helldivers 2 has been a, will be a big wake-up call for them and oh. they'll say, holy crap, this is the kind of success we have, quarter of a million concurrent users. Mm-hmm. On PC, that's nuts. Like yep. uh, by PlayStation Six, I reckon you'll start to see some of those first-party games, single-player games, be day and date on PC. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Phil Spencer shuts down multi-platform concerns as next-gen Xbox will respect the investment that people have made in the platform. This is something I appreciate about the Xbox platform is that since Phil Spencer's come on board, he's had a very focused view on making sure that your library goes with you so previous generations when the new one comes out sorry if you want to play old games you plug your old console into the tv now it's with back compat you know going all the way through it's this is something that i respect and and really appreciate the xbox brand for 
in that mm. I can buy a game today on Xbox and know that I can either play it on PC or I'll play it on the cloud or I can play it on the Xbox Series Next, whatever they're going to call it. That that game's going to come with me until I'm finished with it and I actually retire the game in a way. Oh, so yeah, I think I pick up second-hand games all the time, so it's perfect for me. I always pick up random cheap games up here. Mm. Yeah, they're best in class when it comes to backwards compatibility and respecting the, the legacy of of their games. It's what I love as well. Um, I had my cousins over who we grew up playing, you know, Sega, Nintendo, and even the original Xbox back in the day. We have very fond memories of myself, my brother, and them, them two playing Fusion Frenzy together. So what did we do? We booted up Fusion Frenzy the other day, and we nice. played it, and it was... <laughs> An OG so much fun. Xbox game as well, like a 20-year-old game almost, isn't it? 20-year-old game that through auto HDR has HDR. Can you believe it? Incredible. Just ridiculous. And I'm playing, it looks great. It just looks great on, on my OLED. It's, it's crazy. So that's, yeah, I, I'm with you, Kyle. They're best in class in this one. I'm very thankful that, um, you know, and they, they, they pushed, they didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. That's something else. Still one of the best E3 announcements back in 2015 where Phil stood up on stage and announced backwards compatibility and the crowd went wild and, um, you know, it put it put uh, platform holders like PlayStation um, in their place to say, okay, this is important and they need to, they need to follow suit. Um, so, look, I, I don't think, that's not to say that I don't think PS4 backwards compatibility with PS5 was ever in doubt because the architecture is the same. I think that was always going to happen. But, um, yeah, it's... Uh, I know it's it's a it's a feather in their cap. Definitely, it was really hard for PlayStation, wasn't it? I felt like it was hard for PlayStation to backwards compatibility for some reason. I don't know why. Well, they still didn't have it figured out with PS3, right? Like you're you're playing these games, you have to subscribe to PS Plus Premium just to play PS3 games by cloud streaming. So they haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even that. I mean, Xbox has smart delivery, whereas the PlayStation one. You can have two games or two versions of the same game installed on your PlayStation 5. One will be a PS4 version and one will be the PS5 version. So they still haven't gotten that quite figured out. They figured out how to emulate yeah. the PS4 ones, but not so much how they can carry that, that data across to, say, the next one, which yeah. is very interesting. We saw that with the whole, if you want to get your game saves off your PS4 to PS5, it involved like you know plugging in a USB stick and then migrating it across and once it's migrated you can't go backwards and we have to install the old version of the game so you yeah. can copy the save file and then install. install the new version and then migrate like i and that was such a bizarre year i remember when microsoft first announced smart delivery and we were all like well this isn't a feature this is, should just be normal like yeah, this is how it works how is this so innovative they're talking about it as if it's some sort of innovative feature and then playstation comes along and shows us why it's an innovative feature <laughs> i was like oh smart delivery is actually amazing actually hard yeah (laughs) because we don't actually have to think about it yeah and i think that was a complete missed opportunity remember when playstation put out that advert of this is how you share games on ps4 oh yeah and it was passing the game xbox should have done the same thing this is how you get an xbox one game working on series x install play they should say turn your xbox on that's how you do that's it it. (laughs) like they should have capitalized on that and the and that's what i think is where the community really wants xbox to go is to just be a bit more aggressive a bit more, you know, petty in a way and just sure. go, you want to, you know, PlayStation plays a little bit dirty sometimes. We're going to meet you where they, where they play. It's, yeah. it's the armor PC ads, isn't it? So it is. But on PC, on Mac ads that were going around for a while from back in like the 2000s. You know, oh, yeah. there's a whole bunch of them kicking around at the time. Which one's yeah, it's, it's the whole, you know, Sega does what Nintendo don't. 
So Shield Play is Hardware's critical component of the business amid speculation Microsoft will stop making consoles. I think this one's actually linked to the Microsoft teaser as a successor, promises the largest technical leap you've ever seen in hard generation. Yes. This is fantastic okay. news because, you know, everyone was saying this is the last Xbox console and we're just going to get streaming box from now on. Little yeah, like, there was rumors on yep. Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> so this also ties into two things here. So we're going to, the, the rumors are that we're getting the two SKUs of Xbox, one being a handheld dockable like the Switch and one mm-hmm. being a fantastic, <laughs> powerful machine like the Series X. So first of all, let's dive well, so, into the, the technical leap on the hardware generation. So this is Xbox, of course, teasing the fact that they are going to get the, the most powerful console in the world yet again under your TV. What more I mean, that's great. Do? I think that's... They, I, I'm glad that they teased hardware because it's what... Um, it's what the hardcore fan base wanted to hear, right? It's, they want to be reassured that Xbox hardware, the console experience, isn't going anywhere. And we know that their Xbox is now pursuing and a very aggressive, we want the power. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's great. I think that's awesome. Um, at the same time, they noticed that this generation, Xbox Series S, is selling much better than Series X. So there is a market out there who doesn't care for power. Mm-hmm. They just want the games. Um, the Japanese market, isn't it? That's a huge market in the Japanese market. Yeah, like, yeah, Japanese, the, Japanese the Brazilian market, handheld, all those kind of guys that don't spend so much money on stuff. Hundred yeah. percent handheld, do, handheld and mobile dominates Japan. Um, but you know, we're living in a time now where economy's ruined and <laughs> spending, you know, seven hundred fifty or eight hundred Australian dollars on a console is not viable for many people. So, mm-hmm. how about a five six hundred dollar? handheld instead that can play uh, these games so the, the problem is though so you look i, I wondered the same but i was listening to uh, windows weekly he's always talking about it, saying that the problem is you're going to get the xbox console is going to be 800 dollars and the handheld is going to be 800 dollars. because how much are i don't the hand, i don't think it will be that now you think they're going to do less to get it so well I, I think the they're going to target i think they're going to target entry level steam deck price roughly and that's the cheapest steam deck i think right now is about 350 us dollars um, they're, they're not. They're not going after Lenovo Legion, ASUS ROG Ally, seven hundred dollar mm-hmm. US price. Um, I think they're going to target the Switch market. Honestly, mm-hmm. they're looking at the consumer who just wants the games. Um, and what's the cheapest? Like the Series S is. It's like how can we put these games in the hands of people who don't care about power in the cheapest possible way? Get the, lower that barrier of entry. I think that's what the handheld's going to be. Maybe there's a version of the handheld is powerful, like a Lenovo Legion Go or an, an Asus ROG Ally. Um, but I think that's what I think that's what this handheld is is going to be. Mm. Especially if it yeah, docks into the TV. on the uh, Game Pass side of it rather than actual gaming. Sometimes as well. Hundred percent. And th- this is exactly what I want. I I almost bit the bullet on Lenovo Legion Go, and then I started hearing these rumors. And you're like, I can wait. Yep. If I can have an an official Xbox handheld think, with a pro, uh, an OS that is tailor designed for the handheld experience. I can take my digital library and Game Pass on the go. That is all I want. Um, and I look, as long as it runs in like at that's like an eight inch screen, 1080p, 60 frames per second, that's fine by me. 
And HDMI out as well, just in case you want to plug it into TV. And- yeah, I, I honestly, I don't care too much about that because I'm the type of Xbox consumer that will buy both. I want the premium console. Oh, so I was thinking, I'm in a hotel room board. I can go and grab my Xbox control, little console and just... You know, oh, true, yeah. Control yeah. My, can get controller sync to it. Yeah, that's about you could like hook it up at the office or, or something like that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I think a handheld dockable like the Switch, where you can dock it into a dock that's plugged into the TV, makes perfect mm. sense to take over the Series S market. Maybe it docks into your big Xbox or something, like sits on top of it and it becomes... Oh, it's like, a, like, a it's like Power Rangers. It just, <laughs> <laughs> just connects and... The Megazord. It just hides away. Yeah. You don't even see it. You just go, oh, look, like there it is. 16 terabytes plus 4 terabytes. You get 20 on? terabytes. It's oh, going nuts. <laughs> teraflops, sorry. Teraflops. Yeah. Uh, that'd be fantastic. Amazing. But it's good that Microsoft are teasing hardware. And honestly, the it's a good thing that we're seeing them talk about the next generation already. I only expected them to start talking about next gen, end of next year, maybe end of 26, for the next gen to come in 28. So if they're thinking of next gen, my, my thought, I was talking to Simone about this yesterday, was, you know, PlayStation's targeting a mid-gen refresh with the PS5 Pro. Xbox is targeting the next gen at the same time. So maybe we get a PS5 Pro, a year later we get, you know, Gen 10, I believe it is, of console from Xbox, where they leapfrog PlayStation again, what they did with the 360 era, and go and force the PlayStation 6 to have to come out sooner than anticipated and half-baked in a way. I think think that's what they're going to try to do, yeah. Do you feel like the current Xbox is really being pushed that much at the moment? Do you feel like there's still more space in there to be pushed? I believe it is not optimized at all in the moment. No. But if when it oh, comes, you mean in terms of power? Like, have we seen them? Yeah, currently the current X is not. I don't feel like it's being pushed hundred percent yet. It's it's still got no. I mean, like, how many like actual console exclusives have we have we seen? You know, things like yeah, Forza yeah. Horizon Five and Halo Infinite. They're, they're cross gen, right? Like, mm-hmm. until we see Fable, Avowed, Perfect yeah, Dark, Blade, Blade Indiana yeah. Jones, and the like, like they're the games that are really going to be taking advantage of this hardware, right? So, um. I think, yeah, it's, it's taken us two, two, three years to, to get to this point. Sadly. I think there are other third-party games that are definitely taking advantage of it for sure. Um, but I, I think for most, it, it doesn't feel like we're getting to the end of the generation, right? Like it feels like we're just getting, getting started. No, it doesn't but, at all, no. Yeah, I think, I think, I think Microsoft's just... like, we've lost this one. Let's force PlayStation's hand. Let's go early, like Carl said. It's, really three, it's the 360 playbook. Yeah. Let's go early, put pressure on PlayStation to release earlier than they would have thought. Um, so I think this puts PlayStation in a position where they, they think, okay, we need PlayStation 6 2027. Mm-hmm. Um, and there what are even rumors of PlayStation bluff? exploring handheld again. So who knows? It's a huge bluff, though. Maybe it's a huge bluff to get PlayStation to force them to bring out some underpowered hardware next year or something, or year after. Uh, I don't think it, there's any risk of it being underpowered just because, I mean, PlayStation Xbox, they're all talking to AMD and, and NVIDIA, right? Like they're going to have sad no, access to the same chips. So um, it's more like... The bit, the business strategy would dictate power. Um, it'd be like we, I mean, we can go more powerful than PlayStation. It's going to cost us, and our console will, might have to be more expensive. But um, I think no, that's I where that they're, they're pretending they're going to bring out something to make PlayStation to to force PlayStation oh, right. something quicker than they would have done. Yeah, I don't think that's. I don't think that's going through their heads. I think they're focused on their own business. I think it's. I think it's interesting to think about it that way. Like, let's try and bluff them into that, but. Um, Xbox is just focusing on making the best hardware they can, the time frame and to, to budget that, that they're working towards. And whatever happens with the competition will happen with the competition. But I think they see the importance of going first. 
Yeah, it, it's also interesting what Lee's saying as well. Maybe this is them trying to stall the PS5 Pro launch by saying, we're thinking of next gen already. And they're going, we don't have a mid-gen refresh. PS5 Pro is going to come out. They're going to lose that that world's most powerful console you know, moniker that they've put on themselves and basically go, right, let's see if we can force PlayStation to rethink their PS5 Pro plans and push that back or maybe rebrand the PS5 Pro as PS6 or something in mm. a way. But definitely the idea that they're talking about hardware and the next gen, you know, even though we feel we haven't seen the Series X really stretch its legs with what it's powerful, what it's supposed to do. Because remember they said it's got like RTX in it, it's got ML built in and all the rest that we haven't really seen in a way. And now they're talking next gen, they're, they're pushing it forward. So like you say, Shane, you know, this one's been lost. Let's jump onto the next one and get there first in a way. Mm. Yeah. But this is the problem with Microsoft that they've always had is that they've always skated where the puck is going to be 20 years too early. <laughs> they tried it with <clears throat> Xbox and without talking about with Xbox one, without saying, you know, the cloud destruction on crackdown three that was coming. And, you know, we have, we plug the Xbox into the cloud and suddenly you have a million teraflops that you, yeah. your Xbox one can tap into that just never eventuated because the, the common man, the common player just doesn't understand what that means and judges mm. the console on now, on today, rather than what Xbox is wanting to do 10, 15 years from now type thing. It's not just Xbox, it's Microsoft, right? Like Microsoft oh. had a working tablet computer in the 90s. Yep. And then iPad came along. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know, connect and that whole thing was just like, oh, it's going to be listening mute and, and watching you. And now we have a computer in our pockets yep. that listens and watches everything we do. Oh. Yeah. Um, so, they had the HoloLens yeah. and uh, and they just got rid of like Windows Mixed Reality and all that. Yep. And then and Apple then that brings Vision Pro. Yep. Yeah. It's just so constant. You're right. But sometimes they're, they're they're dead on, you know. And like I think, um, I mean, Xbox Live and the commitment to uh, an Ethernet port um, mm-hmm. and broadband internet was um, that were that were dead on the money. Uh, and I think they, I mean, for their business, they were dead on the money with day and date PC as mm-hmm. well. So um, they've got it right a couple Thanks of for times, but for um, the most part, you're right. They are quite a lot in the end because <laughs> ten years to it. Sometimes, like they're just a generation ahead of themselves. And I think this is where I think that's where a lot of this concern about Xbox, you know, going multi-platform comes from. Um, I think they've decided this is the direction we're going in, and they know that we're all very um, apprehensive to it, and they're taking us by the hand, and they're steadily saying, "It's okay, come on in, the water's fine." And more and more, in 10 years' time, we're going to be thinking, what were we worried about? Yeah. Halo and Gears are on PlayStation 6, and the world serious. didn't burn down. In fact, Xbox <laughs> is probably doing better than they have. Um, don't we just want to play that's games? That's what we want to do. We just all want to play games, don't we? Isn't that ultimately what a game wants to do? Get yeah. all the games available yep. so they can play them? Isn't that Every the now and then I, th- I think about just take, take the business side out of it, right? Like, how amazing would it be if it didn't matter that Halo was on PlayStation? Mm-hmm. Like Halo Infinite is a fantastic game. The multiplayer suite is awesome. The current state of the game is is fantastic. And imagine if the player base was double or triple the size that it currently testing, is. Testing, testing. That's a great thing, you know. Um, does it mean that maybe the Xbox console business isn't as healthy? Yeah, but like if overall players are happy, the developers are happy because more people are playing their games, 
and Xbox has found a way to make the business work for them, who loses in that situation? I mean, is it, there might be a few of us just like, I just, I just want that Xbox console experience. I like my achievements. I like my, my friends list, my digital library and all that sort of thing. I, think, I don't think that's going away. I think Microsoft will always cater to that market. It's like, this is the most hardcore. And by that point, it might be the hardcore 10% of our user base mm-hmm. is still latched onto hardware, but they still service that, that audience, our audience, I think. Um, it just won't be the focus anymore. The console is just one way that you can play Xbox games. It just so happens you can play Xbox games on PC, cloud, PlayStation, and Switch as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I think we're going. And I think we're, most people are scared of that. And Microsoft is just steadily trying to pull, you know, pull us into those waters. What, what, I can, what I can say about it is because trying to buy a piece of hardware that actually plugs into my TV and works every single time I turn it on, i.e. not a PC or a laptop, I don't want to go buy another big expensive PC to do the same thing. Yep. And then after have to update our drivers and update. We talked about it last week. It's just a nightmare. PCs are a pain in the ass. I do all day long I work on PCs. Mm. And they have their mind of their own, basically. Whereas my console, I turn it on and I play. And that's what you want, isn't it? Like, just sort of turn it on yeah. and jump in front of it. Not do PC tech support. Yep, indeed. Yeah. So in terms of this, the largest technical leap in a hardware generation... Like Shane touched on it, it's more going to be around, you know, machine learning, AI type stuff, especially with Code Microsoft. Xbox, uh, mate. Mm. For the 45th time, they're going to be like, we've got Copilot on the Xbox. It plays your games for you. Everyone's dashboard is going to be different because it's going to be, you know, generated by open AI. And you're going to be like, <laughs> hey, Xbox, make my dashboard kind of like the 360, but faster and looks really nice. And I want it to be blue and... Uh, Master Chief riding a pony in the background. And then uh, Xbox will make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The new You're world. laughing, but yeah. <laughs> <It's probably true. laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. So apart from the AI and the machine learning and that type of generative AI that's currently the, the buzzwords around everything at the moment, where do you see the tech going? I know you said that they talked to AMD, but when looking at it, the, the difference between PlayStation and Xbox talking to AMD is Xbox custom designed their chips with AMD engineers and PlayStation are buying AMD stuff off the shelf in a way as a pure AMD customer, which is why we see the divergence of the, the power distribution and how each machine works in terms of the, you've got the PlayStation that does variable frequency on the graphics card, whereas Xbox is locked and things like that. So Apart from machine learning, I suppose my question is, you know, where do you see the tech going? Are they going to stick with AMD or maybe Microsoft's going to focus on going to NVIDIA and saying, hey, let's work on a custom NVIDIA chip and the NVIDIA Tegra, one of those lines that have been in the switches and kind of push the ARM version of an Xbox. I think it's, uh, I'm no tech expert, but um, I think they're going to have a challenge here if they or one of their SKUs, let's say it's the handheld version, they deviate from x86 and go ARM. Um, how does that influence compatibility with previous generations? Um, I won't comment on how powerful I think it's, it's going to be. I think it's way too early to even speculate on, on that. What I'm, what I'm most confident in is that um, fidelity and just graphical horsepower mm-hmm. is less important in gaming than it's ever been. Um, when you see games like AAA games have been in development for 
more than five years, like Skull and Bones and Suicide Squad recently come out and completely flop. And you see games like Pal World and Enshrouded do what they do. And in years gone past, Vampire Survivors and Among Us. Oh, yes. The, the next generation of gamers have shown that they don't care. Like, they don't care if we can see Aloy's pores in her skin. Um, those games, not to, not to say they're bad games or they don't do well or it's not necessary. It's great that those games, like, like Senna was Saga. Like, it looks fantastic, right? Like, I can't wait to experience that because that's the experience that they're going for. But I think those games are, are less important now than they've ever been because, as we've seen, you look at the, the most played games in the world right now look like garbage. Roblox, <laughs> Minecraft, Rotation Fortnite by comparison. They've got their own art style, yes. Um, but I think that's where the, like, that market is, is shifting. It's just, it's just less important and people want performance in terms of speed, you know, SSDs, fast loading, quick resume, that sort of thing. Um, compatibility, like that, that reliability that everything you own is just works and works well. Um, and convenience, you know, and that's where something like Game Pass comes in. So, um, and, you know, the ability to play, like that seamless experience where, you know, Lee just described the terrible experience he has had with GeForce on his TV. Mm-hmm. We just want to be able to, you know, load up Halo 6 on our console, also boot it on our PC and know that the saves and the progress is all synced and then boot it up on our Xbox Series E handheld um, and play it there without any drama as well. I think that's what that's what the focus is going to be moving forward. I don't think we're going to see that much more power from these from these mm-hmm. consoles. Um, it's going to be delivering experiences, yeah, through, through AI machine learning um, because graphics they just don't matter as much anymore. Mm. We kind of have reached a, a plateau yeah. of graphics in a way. Look at Forza came out with amazing graphics, but everyone's like, "But it's boring." Like, they just want gameplay. <laughs> But yeah, that's the thing. It's just like, okay, it's, it's great that particularly racing games push the envelope a lot of the time. Um, man, I just, I can't, I always say this and then it gets better, but I always, I can't imagine it getting much better. And then it does, but it's marginal, right? Like that, yeah. the, the jump each time is less and less and less. Um, Diminishing returns, isn't it really? Especially exactly. the amount of effort they put into. Exactly. I mean, the next step could be 8K, but... I I don't care about K okay, not not <laughs> no. not anytime soon. I mean, it's the FPS, isn't it? It's a, uh, for the uh, FPS is the most important thing. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be like you know, forty like whatever numbers PCs are doing now. Yeah, ac- accurate color, you know, regeneration and that sort of thing. Um, fidelity is going to be less of a focus for sure. Mm. And Lee, yeah. um, yes. What did, what was the question? I've forgotten the question actually. <laughs> That's my mistake. Like, <laughs> so, the topic, I just run with it. No, perfect. <laughs> yeah. This is how we do here. Um, just in terms of the, the technological leap, so apart from all the AR co-pilot that Microsoft's going to build in where you can edit your Word documents on your Xbox, you know, with your voice, <laughs> the hardware-wise, because we we're nerds. We like numbers. We like the physical hardware. I don't know about you, but I just, I just like seeing the, the numbers of what a processor can do and the RAM and that. It gets me excited because I'm a nerd. So I want to know what you think the next gen is going to be like, just in terms of, do you think they're going to stick with AMD or maybe shift to NVIDIA? Are they going to go oh, Actually, I had a thought about this. So they do like copying Apple, don't they? And Apple are making ARM chips, the M1, mm-hmm. 2, 3, whatever. So they may go down that route and actually start doing that because they've already started doing a bit of ARM stuff, haven't they, on uh, was it the, one of the surfaces that came out or something was an ARM chip. 
Yeah, they've been trying to do ARM for years. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't very good, but they may end up stopping and just copying the Apple thing. Mm -hmm. And Apple's Apple with their ARM chips, with their M chips, have proven that x86 emulation is possible to a degree that it's invisible to the user. And that those, you know, those Apple laptops. Oh, Windows 11 runs better on on an M3 than it does on an i7, doesn't it? Yeah. but yeah, that just shows. And because the... Xbox is just a VM at the end of the day, the games are all VMs. Yeah. So, providing the VM can do the hardware ch- chatting, it doesn't really matter what they put on. They can put on any hardware at all now. Mm. So, yeah, in terms of back compat, they will probably have a big investment in that. But yeah, you think they're going to go ARM and NVIDIA as a way to leapfrog the AMD cycle? I think they're going to copy Apple. I think they're going to copy Apple. Mm. Yeah. Okay. We wait and see. A massive graphics card on there and to copy Apple for the main risk stuff, all the ARM stuff, all that sort of stuff in the background. Ah, yep. That would be very cool to see. It would be interesting to go back to ARM because then it also leads into the whole Microsoft being eco-friendly with the whole, you know, takes less power, shut your Xbox down. They could definitely sell it that way in the whole, yes, it uses less power while playing games even, which would be very interesting. What about you, Carl? I'd... I would really like them to go ARM simply because we need more investment in that architecture to get off of x86. I think x86 itself is a we've reached the we've reached the pinnacle. We can only go so far with it, um, and especially now that chips are getting down to two nanometers and that we can't go any further with that silicone. We have to change the architecture to, you know, revitalize or use the same stuff the same silicone but in a better more efficient way and i mean if so you think about to intel you say left to intel yeah yep definitely intel have stalled the market and i shake my fist at them every day Just, <laughs> it's shocking but i would we have this technology and we've basically what intel have done with it is they've just pushed more power through made it hotter more more energy inefficient in order to yeah keep yeah. that that generation over generation 20 you know 10 to 20 percent performance increase we need to move away from thinking all cpu design is what like 20 40 years old we need something <laughs> radical to come in and x86 was x88 x86 wasn't it It was like late 70s early yeah 80s, so yeah so we're still using you know ancient technology by computer standards to power computers we need to and especially consoles as a way for pushing computers forward because it seems like gaming is the way that tech gets pushed. And so if you can go and say, look, this is brand new, brand new architecture, and we're going to focus on gaming as the only way to really stress this hardware, you can start, you know, it can be like the F1 model of here's the top car and all that tech slowly, slowly comes down into your little Daihatsu at the end of the day. <laughs> That's Daihatsu, what I would like. still yeah. around? <laughs> I don't know. Daihatsu, yeah. I'm not I sure I've seen a new Daihatsu. Just thought it was. That would the also work with uh, handhelds, wouldn't it? That also works the handhelds as well if they get the arm stuff working properly because it's yeah. low power and low heat and all that, so it'll yeah. work out better. And I mean, if you stick what a 1080p screen on a little handheld with an arm chip, you've got four, five, six hours of battery on there at 60 fps. Really cool gaming. Can take it anywhere. You know, it's not like the Steam Deck where you go right as soon as I unplug it from power, I've got two hours. And I can maybe stretch it to three, but two hours of gaming. And that, you know, that's always in the back of your mind because you save, 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 save <laughs> you know, as you go. Toyota owns Daihatsu. Oh, 
There you go. They're a subsidiary. Do they still make cars? Apparently, they've got 12,000 employees as of last year. Oh, right. Oh, so, good luck to them. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly Japan and Indonesia, it seems. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Makes I've sense. Seen, them, seen them in the UK. Quite a few in the UK. For some okay. Reason. okay. That was... That was small vehicles, yeah. Yeah, little vehicles, yeah. That's right. Mm. All right, onwards. Yes, indeed. Uh, four games come into console, other consoles, not Starfield, Indiana Jones, The Great Cycle, or not. He specifically said they are not coming as well. Like he just said, no. Well, not at the moment. Yeah, they're not included in these four. That's right. Yeah. So it does leave the door open to more games coming to other consoles. And he did say that they're looking, what, at like a year exclusivity as the baseline. So I just don't have a problem with that, though. I, don't, I just have no issue with it at all. It's fine. Give us a year. That's okay. I think a uh, year should be the minimum. I think for some of the bigger games, I'll probably stretch it. Like I don't, for instance, when, I'll say when Starfield comes to PlayStation and maybe Switch 2 can handle it. Um, it'll be three years since launch. I don't oh, think it's so, this year. I think it's next year, maybe the year after. So how COD works is PlayStation were getting like extra maps, extra DLC, extra guns and stuff. Wouldn't it just do it that way? I say, oh yeah, you can have it, but it hasn't quite got the same guns or game or missing missions or some of that maybe that's the way that yeah i feel has been pretty clear that he hates that sort of thing like they've xbox have done it in the past but restricting content by ecosystem mm. helps no one i think they would much rather say have starfield on playstation for 70 us dollars or come get it on game pass yeah, yeah. that's it isn't it yeah is that yeah. Throat, that's throat that's going to be their differentiator i think mm-hmm. um i don't see them restricting Content and they've said, you know, particularly with Call of Duty during the whole um, FTC trial, that they're going to um, uh, the same same experience, same content, same price across mm-hmm. all ecosystems. So, uh, yeah, I see that. Um, I see them keeping the same ethos across all of their all of their titles. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, the the, these these four, like we already touched on at the very very start, yeah, exactly. but I, I kind of chimed in. What, what what do you guys think of these four in particular? Oh, that's that's what everyone's saying, isn't it? I think Hyper Rush and Pentiment are definites from the sound of it. Sea of Thieves was kicked around a while ago, wasn't it? Someone talking about Sea of Thieves way before this, so something about that. Sea of Thieves and Hyper Rush were the first two that were rumored, and then Grounded seems to be the last sort of yeah. semi confirmed little game, which kind of like links into the you know almost like an indie game, isn't it? Even though it's not mm. an indie mm. um, studio. Yeah. Yeah, and it's sold. It's a, it's a single. You play it through once, and that's it, isn't it? It's that sort of game. So it's fine. It's been selling for over a year mm. on Xbox. So yeah, more money. And yeah, Pentiment uh, is a very yeah. niche experience as well. Definitely, I mean, yeah. not many people are going to jump into the game. They're going to look at it and go, "Oh, this looks funny," but then actually see the gameplay Weird. and go, oh, "Yeah, maybe not for me." I mean, for, yeah, uh, Pentiment. That's not selling people and buying an Xbox console. Let's no, be honest, yeah, you know. Yeah. Like it is a like I said, very niche, very particular experience, and it it only benefits everyone that more people get to play that game mm. because yeah. not re- yeah, like restricting it to the Xbox platform makes no sense. For Do you think they might lean on the idea Xbox particular experience games? like that? Do you think they might lean on the idea Xbox games because there were older ones that are on Game Pass or just about to leave Game Pass, maybe push them to PlayStation or something like that. So the older idea Xbox, more, is it? yeah, the indie games that the idea the indie games that Xbox have their little. 
It's not um, studio, is it? It's like a group of games are put under one umbrella. Maybe sure. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, the idea at Xbox that's just a program to get independent games on on their platform. So the platform, yeah. I don't think Microsoft has any say about unless there are exclusivity agreements in place. Um, like I think there there was one for like things like the Ascent and maybe Cocoon. What did that, was Cocoon multi-platform? I can't remember. But there are certain games. You know, like Inside, for instance, way back when that was like it's like a month exclusive on xbox um but xbox used that to say get the next game from the limbo developers only on xbox Mm. um at at launch so um yeah unless those exclusivity agreements are in place then i don't think microsoft will have much say about which ones go because ori went across multiple that went to playstation yeah yeah but that's that's that that was funded and published by xbox game studios yeah that's right a second party yeah yeah. I think that, that was them experimenting. That was them, I, from memory, that was like Moon Studios saying, we want more people to, to play Ori. And Microsoft saying, you know, we, we value this relationship and we, we understand why you, you feel that way. It would make sense that a 2D Metroidvania like this would, would go to Switch. Um, so I think they happily accommodated that. And we're starting to see it more with other, those second party relationships where the, the platform holders publish, right? Like we saw it with Death Stranding, where PlayStation publishes Death Stranding on PS4. And then as a, as a timed exclusive, we now know, and then 505 Games comes in as the publisher that takes that original game and, and has the publishing rights on, on Xbox. Um, and we're seeing that now with As Dusk Falls, which was previously exclusive and published by Xbox Game Studios in 2022 and now coming to PlayStation, I think also with 505 Games. So I think we're going to start to see more of that. Like I wouldn't be surprised if something like Towerborn, Contraband, these are all second-party games um, being published by Xbox, but I can see them coming to, to mul- being multi-platform much later, maybe from a different developer, mm. from a different publisher, sorry. Interesting, yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Diablo 4 is coming to Game Pass March 28th. This is fantastic news. It's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, so I good. haven't played it yet, so I'll dabble. Oh, uh, Excellent. Wait, I've put like 300 and uh, some hours into it. Yeah, I've, I just never, I've, I grew up consoles, so I never really got into Diablo. And my mates they tr- tried to drag me and I was like, I don't have time. <laughs> yeah, no, it is one of those games. I think if you've got people who have played it, though, it's kind of easier because they can drag mm. you along. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Diablo is awesome. It's so much fun. This is a really. Yeah, I think um, like this is the first Activision game to, to drop into to Game Pass since the right. merger. So, um, yeah, hopefully yeah. we start to see more of the older Call of Duties, maybe even Spyro Crash come. I think I, I've got a feeling we'll we'll see them come before the June showcase. I think I'll start to like. Yeah, I expected Diablo in June. Actually, we all kind of predicted June because it's going to make sense with the timing because it came out in June mm. last year, so it makes sense for twelve months. But and I think this uh, March twenty eight times well with this next season. If I recall, oh, someone yeah. mentioning that season yeah, four. Right. I think for Diablo yeah, that four makes sense. drops around that time. So yeah. Yeah. And it's the perfect game to come onto Game Pass as well because of the seasons and the live serviceness of it. Onto Game Pass, you get a whole big influx of people who didn't play it or who like go, oh, I just want to dabble in Diablo. And suddenly you have a whole bunch of new players who then see the shop and the cosmetics that you can buy and you all know, that. The DLC comes out in June. I think DLC is due to come out a year after the first release. Ooh. So they get all these new players into it in March. Oh, and yes. then the DLC comes out, and they all buy the DLC because they're playing it already. So it kind of works out. Yep. Yep. It's a very good business strategy. And it's, oh, I'm happy you know, with it. definitely. Diablo 4 is still like one of those games that's spoken about in the news media, and people are still covering <laughs> it. It's still got lots of half behind it. 
So then they're capitalizing on this hype, saying, look, Game Pass gets Diablo 4. And next month as well. It's only a month, but it's not very far away. Not at all. Yeah. This was, a, this was probably one of the best announcements to come out of this whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> really, though? Because I thought the console, the fact they're saying the new console's coming out, I think that was massive. There's a new console being developed. Yeah, that, that was big, but it doesn't generate the same about I was more concerned about a lack of consoles than I was about the games going exclusive or losing exclusivity for games. Mm. That doesn't bother me, but I want the console because I like buying consoles and using them, not having a PC. Oh, yeah. I don't want to buy a PlayStation, so. Yeah. That's my whole concern as well. It's just like, hey, if Microsoft ever goes third party, I don't want to use a DualSense. <laughs> like if, if PlayStation if PlayStation came out with like a version of the DualSense with offset sticks, I'm like, okay, okay, we can I can play PlayStation now because I just can't stand that thing. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. Everyone we've spoken to in the community as well, that's been their thing. It's like the... They don't want to go to PlayStation because the controller is just so uncomfortable. I think Xbox would be smart to make a version of their controller that is not offset, that is like the DualSense. Oh, yes. I think you would get, I think it would, I think PlayStation players would be like, oh, wow, okay, well, yeah, that Xbox exclusive that I've been wanting to play, but I hate the controller. I might get an Xbox now and just get that controller instead. Funny you should say that because I think last week before we talked about this console where you can change around the port, the, the, um, well, the place of the uh, connector. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can change it around so it actually works like PlayStation. So you can move the thumbstick down to yeah. the bottom. There you go. So, yeah. I'm surprised they haven't Maybe done it's it already. Linked. Yeah. Maybe it's all linked. This is what they're doing. They're all about giving players options, you know? Mm-hmm. Play how you want to play. Just rip off the dual sense. <laughs> <laughs> Just steal the layout. Yeah. So that was kind of it. That was my, that was my kind of bullet points. Yeah. And basically them just saying, cool, we'll see you now in June. Thank you very much. Yeah. I think, they, I think they're going to do their best to have a banger showcase. Yeah. I think we'll see, like, big announcements. I think they show, like, proper Fable gameplay. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Perfect Dark gameplay. I think they'll announce Gears Collection, Gears 6. Mm-hmm. I think that they'll, they'll do their best to just, just recapture the excitement from the Xbox community and say, hey, there's nothing to be worried about. We're here. We've got Indiana Jones. We've got Blade. We've got all these amazing games coming. Game Pass is firing all cylinders. We've finally got a game a quarter for, for you lined up for the next two years. Here they all are. Rest easy. Yep. Tell your mates to buy a console. <laughs> so I saw um, a Fable 6 story pop up today. Todd Howard saying how great Fable 6 is going to be today, weirdly enough. He's saying about Fable. He's like, yeah. They're starting to warm up the media a bit. Right. Talking about it. Get everyone interested again. So Interesting. You mean Elder yeah. Scrolls 6? Oh, Elder Scrolls 6. Yes, Elder Scrolls 6. Yeah, yeah sorry. That's not the... 6, wrong one. Yeah, yeah, I think he's probably starting to chat about it because Starfield didn't set the world on fire as much as they'd hoped. Definitely. Yeah, it uh, was fine. <laughs> it was fine. It was fine. It? it was fine. I mean, it's Bethesda, through and through. You... Mm-hmm. <laughs> so It's just a skinned Fallout game, that's all it is. A better Fallout game, in my opinion. <laughs> One other small tidbit, I just quickly checked my Twitter thread just to see if we missed anything major, but this is interesting. More than 10 major releases from First Party in 2024. Yeah. Um, I, I interpret major releases as also like content updates. Like I think Starfield Shattered Space oh, yes. as DLC expansion is counted as one of those major oh, releases. So Diablo 4 DLC could be classed as well then because that's no... Potentially, yeah. I was trying to think about what they could be and I kind of landed on... So we know Hellblade, Hellblade 2, Towerborn, 
Our history I'm told about flight sim, call it the new Call of Duty and Indiana Jones. That's seven. If you count yeah. um, Starfield Shattered Space, that's eight. Um, does does Gears Collection is that like a hey we're announcing it? It's out in two months. Does that happen this year? And then yeah, one one other thing. Maybe it's a series expansion or something. Could be the Diablo DLC. Yeah, mm. yeah. So that's great news. That's you know that co- the content that we've been promised is finally is finally starting to get there. Yeah. So I mean, you have something stupid like thirty studios. It makes sense that every month you should have just about something coming out for a game. Yeah. It was always going to take them time to get lined up, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. They're never going to go and buy them and day one start releasing stuff monthly. It was always going to get a bit of time to yeah. get all it's, those. It is the world we live in now where, you know, um, way back when, you know, PS3 era, Naughty Dog releases, Uncharted 1, 2, 3, and The Last of Us in the space of seven years. Mm. And on they haven't released a PS5 game yet and they might not even at this point, you know, like mm-hmm. by the time Last of Us 3 launches, it probably PlayStation 6 because um, Last of Us Part 2 came out the last year of PS4 and, yeah, they've, they've ported it as a PS5 version. But, um, yeah, we're in a completely different era now um, mm. where someone like a Sony Santa Monica, yeah, it's God of War Ragnarok and our new IP is going to be PS6. Something mm-hmm. like... Um, Ninja Theory, you know, Senua Saga Hellblade 2, and, yeah, it might be till next gen until we, we see them again. Um, do we get another Halo? Do we get another game out of 343 Industries this generation? I don't, I don't think we do. Do we get another game out of 343, though? Ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Big question mark. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, it's just, that's, yeah, it's the current state of the industry, which is why I think I, I love what Obsidian's doing. Like, let's have the smaller things. Here and there, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. shorter experiences. And also we're working on Avowed and Outer Worlds too. Those, those will come. But we get these smaller ones in, mm. in the meantime. And I think Microsoft's really getting a lot of Star Wars movie, Star Wars games currently as well. Yeah. That's, I, I tweeted out about that rumoured um, Respawn Mandalorian game. And yeah. licensed, licenses are now subsuming all of our favourite developers. I wouldn't be surprised if Arrowhead, the developers of Helldivers 2, are... I, if Disney isn't approaching them, they're not doing their job right. Because mm. you have a studio that can deliver a fantastic co-op multiplayer game and they'd be like, take any IP you want. Star Wars, Marvel, whatever, mm-hmm. Avatar, doesn't matter. Um, make us something amazing. Same with Man. Remedy. Man. Like Remedy so, games, they need, to, like, they should be talking to, or Disney should be talking to them. Mm-hmm. Any IP holder should be talking to them. Isn't there a Wonder Woman game coming out? Yeah, yeah, Warner Brothers. Yeah, that's been teased. Warner Brothers Montreal, I want to say. So the Arkham Origins developer. Yeah, mm. that'll be pretty good. Oh, okay. So Blade, similar sort of Blade game, then. I imagine. Like we imagine. Yeah, got, yeah. So, yeah and that's my whole thing. Like in, instead of Insomniac making a new IP, we're getting Spider Man and X Men for the next ten years. Instead of a uh, new Death Loop or a new Dishonored, we're getting Marvel's Blade. Just so it's just it's just an opportunity cost, uh, but I think publishers they more than anything they want guaranteed success, yeah, and so a- let's just go with it. And same with Ubisoft, right? It's just like, well, we tried Watchdogs, Division, Skull and Bones, it hasn't worked. They're going to rest on Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, and Rainbow Six, and you know, Massive Entertainment is working on Avatar, and they're working on Star Wars. 
outlaws. Um, and you can guarantee they're going to be more successful than Watchdogs and Skull and Bones. I'll give you a quick review of Skull and Bones. So it's basically is Black Black Flag basically. It feels like it looks like Black Flag. It doesn't like feel like it plays the same. Um, Story wise, there's a kind of like lots of go to this place and pick up something, or go to this place and kill some sink some boats. Mm. It's just it's fine. It's like I hung out in the whole weekend. I spent about five six hours hanging out in it. It's fine. It's okay, but it doesn't feel like a modern gen next gen game in the mm. slightest. Yep, it is basically <sighs> Black Flag though. That's what I thought the whole way before I was playing it. Even the even the songs. Are the same songs in Black Flag. Oh, you know, singing yeah. on the boat. It's exactly the same singing, exactly the same people. One of the guys shouting, you hear guys shouting sometime. I swear it's the same guy from Black Flag. Like, <laughs> just literally picked up Black Flag. Uh, it's, a, it's sad. It's, I it mean, they've, sad. they've restarted this game, what, 14 times or something stupid? And they've Probably, just gone, yeah. right, just oh, copy from Black Flag. So it crashed. It crashed at the very beginning during the cutscene at the beginning when it was going through all the different um, studios. It's funny you say Montreal. I think Singapore, it crashed on Singapore for me. I was talking to, oh, Sky for Life was playing at the same time. And he said, I said, oh, I crashed here at the Singapore. And he said, oh, it's just exactly the same for me. So you crash and reboot and then you go back in again. And then it crashed. When it crashed, it crashed in like two different places both for both of us. Uh, it kept freezing up all the time. It was just terrible. And I'm like, this game comes out in like a week or two, doesn't it? <laughs> it's shocking. I don't know if we're on a really bad build, but I would imagine the the open beta would be like a stress test almost, not a yeah. let's fix the game at some point trap test. Uh, yeah, and then we'll let you stream as well, which I thought was quite interesting. Couldn't stream the game. Mm. How yeah. annoying. No streaming allowed. So, uh, I don't know. It's kind of chill. That's what I felt. I was happy in there. It wasn't a, <laughs> wasn't a stressful game. It wasn't like I was getting killed by stuff. But whether I would pay $120 for this game, I don't know if I could spend the money. Mm. Yeah, it's a quadruple A game. Like, I don't know if you. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Quad, yeah, quad A. Yeah, the first quad A game. Yeah, that's right. In inverted for 20, 2013. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would have been amazing had it come on the Xbox One. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's exactly as I was playing it going because I remember the did Black Flag get upgraded a bit, doesn't it? Like all the it got like a three sixty to Xbox One version. Yep. And that's what it feels like. It feels like the Xbox One version of Black Flag. Oh, amazing. Oh, well. All right, so I think we've gone over the, the entire podcast that Xbox put out. So what are your guys' thoughts on it now that all this is out in the open? So just as a, a kind of a wrap-up, you know, happier than you were before a week ago, still a bit dubious? I, yeah, if it's okay, I'd like to get your, like, answer. I'll, I'll, I'll answer it, but then I also want to, like, throw a question back to you guys. Just, like, how... Because for me, it's just like I've kind of accepted that this is where Xbox is going. Like they're, they're pushing in a direction where their console business is one small part of their overall gaming ambitions. And I think that most Xbox users aren't going to like where they're going. But I think it's going to be okay. <laughs> you know, I think, I think we're still going to have our Xbox consoles. I think we're still going to have exclusives. Most of them, if not all of them, will be timed. But I think, I think that Microsoft will, through sheer force, through sheer will, will find a way to make their business work. Um, and the, the current ecosystem that we're used to and that we like will still remain intact. Um, yeah, I don't think people are, li- are going to like that. So 
after this entire thing, I'm like, okay, it's clear to me now that they're pursuing multi-platform long-term, definitely. Like I've described it, they are just gently taking our hands and walking us deeper and deeper into, in, into those waters that we're a bit scared of at the moment. And I think we're going to be okay. That's kind of where my, my take is. Um, but I don't think, I think there are a lot of people who just ha- hear that it's like, it's just these four games. It's fine. It's totally fine. And meanwhile, <laughs> they're slowly walking. They don't realize they're being dragged into the deep end. Yeah. Um, that's just, kind of my take on the whole situation. It's just these four. That's oh, just the Gears collection. We've had that it's forever. It's just these four. It's fine. Oh, and then next year, it's, just, like, it's one. just two more. It's just these two more. That's it. Yep. And then before you know it, the entire Xbox catalog is on PlayStation. Yep. And, who, and you know what? And it's fine. The industry didn't explode. <laughs> Xbox didn't die. That's where we're going. Mm. So, Lee? I would say I'm happy because there's good new hardware still. As long as they keep knocking the hardware out, I'm happy. That's, that's what I was. That was Amen. my biggest concern with the hardware. Yeah. Games yeah. don't care. As long as games come out on Xbox and I can play them on the Game Pass, I'm happy. <laughs> really. Yep. So I'm with you yeah. there is that as long as they keep doing hardware and as long as the hardware is the first-class citizen, so the games are designed and built for the hardware, and then if they go multi-platform and they have to drop a few features or drop a few things because the the competitors can't handle it or they have mm. to do something with it that to just show that actually Xbox is the best way to play, then that's, that's, that's fine. That's I'm, exactly what she wasn't. Um, she said the same, like, exactly that. She said exactly that. We want this to be the best experience. for Xbox it's, games. Yeah. Console games. is the flagship experience. Yeah. That's, that's what they said. So you yeah. know, in, in 10 years from now, when people boot up Halo on the PlayStation five, I want a big splash screen to pop up that says, Plays best on Xbox, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Free on Game Pass or something. Like yeah. literally, yeah. Thanks just for your seventy dollars. Yeah, just like, you could have got this for much less. It's like literally the Here's first a QR screen code to buy your console. Yeah, the, the first screen that pops up is you should have bought an Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> no, just at, as long as they keep making hardware and they keep pushing the hardware to as far as it can go, then. I'm happy with that. I also see this as Microsoft is skating where the puck is going to be, maybe a bit too soon for the industry and for, you know, the fans. They have to take the fans along on the journey, but they also should have jumped ahead. As soon as these rumors came out, you know, Phil Spencer and them should have met with the communications department and basically gone, right, let's let's roll back the plans for these four games and let's start off with one, let's just talk about one game and we'll say, look, guys, Sea of Thieves. It makes sense. You want more players in Sea of Thieves. You want to bring your, your PlayStation friends. Let's just talk Sea of Thieves. And then rather than, than just wait until the community is on fire and, and then go four games we're thinking about and have the leaks come out about what four games they are, you just slowly go Sea of Thieves. You have a marketplace, blah, blah, blah. You still get your Xbox perks from Game Pass yeah. and that. And then very slowly you know go through it that way that would have been a much better way of handling it rather than letting twitter just basically take the narrative and run because the the normal people out here some of the people that i spoke to have basically said well i'm not i don't need to buy an xbox playstation's getting all their games now and that's Mm. what the the news has told them and they don't keep track of this they don't listen to the podcast they don't keep up with game news this is just what their so one the, friend has told them. Who so heard the it PlayStation, from. the PlayStation heavy news media out there has said the Xbox is going away. Is that what you just said? That's what the, all the IGN, all those guys love PlayStation. So they're obviously going to push that as a story. Aren't yeah, they? and Xbox this is, is what the normies away. are hearing. So yeah, because that's yeah the main the main media outlets are saying that, aren't they? Yeah, 
I did, I did see that from, I think, Culture Crave, which is a pretty massive um, social sort of account. Um, they report most um, mm. multi, it's like entertainment, right? So it's games, TVs, movies. Um, but their tweet wasn't, you know, Xbox is bringing these four games to PlayStation Switch. The, ga- the, the tweet was, Xbox is going multi-platform. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Xbox is bringing their games to PS5. Um, and like, and that it goes back to yeah, your point, Kyle, around them needing to come out sooner. They're like Xbox's communications team is right now is assessing what what could have we could we have done better. Now that we've said what we need to say and we said it in the way that we planned to say it or that we adapted to say it, mm. has what difference has it made and how can we do better? Like that's their entire job. It's right? so Microsoft though, isn't it? That's so Microsoft to do this. <laughs> They're notorious yeah. for doing this. This is this is how Microsoft works. Release random blog posts from somebody. And they're like, oh, that's not what we wanted to say. And then it all just goes haywire. And then months later, they fix it or they just forget about it. Like, it's just Microsoft. But, you know, the other part is that now that, Microsoft, that Xbox is, uh, what, the, the third biggest sort of department mm. in Microsoft? Bigger than oh, Windows in terms of yeah, yeah, revenue? Yeah, right. It's massive because of they, ABK, yeah. It is now much more important what they do and what they say. And when it's that important, you need all different levels of approval. Um, and the ship now turns much slower than you would like. Mm. So um, the bigger something becomes, the more cumbersome it is to uh, to navigate or to, to steer. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's the nature of having a multi, multi-billion dollar business now is that you can't be as nimble. Mm. Um, so I think, I, I, I believe they, like, they weren't resting on their laurels. The second these rumors started coming out and having... Um, taking on a life of their own. They were in crisis comms mode and they always said, what's the best plan- path forward? We had a plan to talk about this later on, maybe in March or April, as they said. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to bring their pre- plans forward and they, they were moving as quickly as possible to decide how do we do this. And I think, like I said at the top of the show, they can't just say, hey, ignore these rumours, those rumours and those other rumours. What about the yeah. things that you just you didn't just mention, right? Yep. Um, so it only just, it'll add fuel to the fire. So... I don't envy them. It's a, it's a tough task. It is. And gamers are notorious for, you know, taking anything and running with it. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, well. Twitter. Yep. Twitter is really good for that, for just unsubstantiated rumors flying about. <laughs> uh, so the last thing, just to get your thoughts on, what about the rumor that the Surface team is designing the Xbox handheld? I've heard nothing. This is news to me. This is the first oh, I've heard of this. You haven't heard this. So, yeah, this is a couple of rumors that have been floated about. I think even Jez has tweeted about it once or twice. I don't trust Jez anymore, though. <laughs> After last week. But the, the Surface team is helping design the Xbox handheld. Good, bad, indifferent? Well, um, they know how to make small devices, I guess. Like, yeah, I mean. yeah, I mean, Surface, I had one back in the day. I liked it. Um, I end up selling it because I just wasn't using as much as I thought I would. Uh, it seems like, I mean, ever since like Surface Pro 3 back in the day, it seems like they've had great hardware. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, whether they can make an, a handheld console is another question. Um, yeah, so we'll see. Uh, I don't, uh, yeah, I, I don't have, I'm indifferent at the moment. Cool. Okay. Yeah, as someone who really likes the Surface hardware, I'm super excited to see what they do. It's going to be really, really nice, I think. <laughs> just just nice to look at and to hold, I'm pretty sure. 
Because surface. Do you feel do like they're really killing well. the surface market off though? Like they've stopped making so many devices now. It's been a while since the Surface Two was it that came out last? What it was? Yeah, so like the laptop from, that came out. Yeah, from the hardware side, the Surface brand is kind of floundering because they have they were they were you know spun up as a sort of a way to lead the the OEMs into what Windows could do and what devices Windows could run on, and so ever since the OEMs have kind of caught up and surpassed what the Surface is doing, the Surface team, I think they have been spun down a bit and refocusing on trying to find the next mode of computing, you know, the next thing. Which could be a, it could be a nice little handheld, yeah. Yeah, cool. which, I mean, would be perfect for trying to push Xbox handhelds, especially now that we've seen Steam Deck and the ROG Ally and things like that come out and really get the market excited about these portable PCs. They're not known for their cheapness, are they, the Surface devices? No, not in the no, premium no. price like Apple products, yeah. Yep. Like you say, they like to copy Apple, Lee. Mm-hmm, they it, do. It happens when you're the best. you got all the people copying you. Oh, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think we've now talked this topic to death. We're all feeling a whole lot better about it. We realize, you know, we can't control where multi-billion dollar companies decide to go and do what their products. We are just fans on the sidelines looking at things and giving our three cents. So thank you very much for joining us, Shane. Um, My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Any shout out you want to do? Where can people find you? What are you doing with your time now? Um, I heard you are moved on from Cure on Cancer. That's right. Yeah. So um, you can find me. It's Shane Bailey on Twitter. Um, yes, I announced that I'm stepping down from, from Cure Cancer in April. So it's been about two and a half years. I've loved the team. I'm definitely going to miss them. Um, I'm taking a different role in the games industry, uh, which is exciting. Um, we'll be doing marketing again. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll talk about that um, when I start with, with that team, but it's a team I've been working with for a, a long time. So I'm really excited by that. Um, I'll be working in capacity that won't allow me to do content anymore, So, which is why I was so happy to jump on the podcast because starting in April, I won't be able to be on podcasts uh, anymore. So um, yeah, no, that's uh, but it's exciting. It's a, it's, it's a new, new challenge and um, a new kind of role. And I'm, I'm really excited, but in the meantime, um, you can catch me uh, and gaming commentary on, on my Twitter. Um, I've get, because I'm so we'll need to eventually wind down on doing gaming content. I haven't really posted much on my YouTube channel since, but um, I might still be on some podcasts here and there um, up until that point. So yeah, you can catch me there. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Mr. Lee, where can people find you if they don't know already? Uh, I'm still Lee Howard on Twitter and Xbox and all those sorts of places. Also do my um, D&D podcast on Sundays. So this time tomorrow I'll do that. It'll be with Paul. We're doing, this week we're going to do the Avengers characters in Fantasy Age. So we're going to make up all the characters. I think it's Fantasy Age, one of the, one of the ages of some sort. Yeah, so it'll be fun. So we normally create the characters. We'll go through how the characters are created. We're doing Hulk, Captain America, Iron Man, another one. I can't remember the other one, the last one. Yeah, this, so, oh, maybe um, the Archer guy, whatever he's called. No one remembers. Hawkeye, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hawkeye, yeah. <laughs> uh, so so we'll is, that is Iron Man in, in, in ancient medieval times like just... Well, that's just, a good question. So we'll try and armor. find a knight, yeah, or something like that who has... Or maybe, I think he's a wizard or something. Maybe a wizard. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Paul's kind of going through like Hulk's barbarian, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, so we'll go sense. through and discuss why and uh, what the what the stats would be. Because it's kind of interesting. Last week we did anger issues. Yeah, anger exactly. Yeah, last week we did uh, Lord of the Rings. So we did Gandalf, oh, Aragorn, 
Legolas, and um, oh, Gimli, yeah, the dwarf. So, so that's kind of cool. We did the whole thing. So, like four hours in the end, but yeah, it was really cool. Oh, Captain America. There you go. Hulk, Borg, Iron Man, Captain America. That's what it was. That's the four we're going to do. Uh, yeah, so we did that and we did a little adventure. We did the when they go into the mines of Moria and um, the stupid Tuck knocks the, knocks the, the skull down the well. <laughs> Fool of a Tuck. <laughs> Fool of a Tuck. We do that moment on. So we're in the room. We get out from the room. Then we're running away from the Balrog. It was real nice. cool, real fun. Yeah. Who's, who's doing the line? Anyone? The, doing the line. Oh, the run yeah. you fall. Oh, that was actually, I think that was, uh, who's in the chat now is Badass Rockets was playing Gandalf. So, yeah. Nice. You shall not pass. You shall pass, yes. That's pretty oh, cool, yeah. And we're trying to, even working out the spells actually was interesting for Gandalf. He doesn't actually do many spells, we discovered. Mm. You look at what he does. He lights up places, uh, opens doors. Whispers to moths. Yeah. Whispers to moths, exactly. Yeah, it wouldn't do something. <laughs> yeah. So we're like, well, he doesn't get, do much. He hits things with his staff. But other than that, yeah, you get really do much. You get more of it in the Hobbit movies, don't you? There's oh, a bit more magic. There's more magic, okay, yeah. 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 So it's interesting talking about, you know, Legolas is actually a fighter. It was really good. We've got a bit of a hunting about him, but he's not actually a ranger. He's actually more of a fighter than a ranger. Mm. So things like that. You kind of think he's a ranger because he's an elf, but he's not. He's actually probably more of a fighter because of the way he fights. Yeah. True. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Aragorn's a half elf, you know, so things. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. And you That's can it. find me at Zarkras on X, previously Twitter, and Xbox. Man, just X's everywhere. So, again, thanks for Shane for joining us. And we hope you guys enjoyed this little special episode. Now we'd like to hear your thoughts. Jump into our Discord, chat about it. What do you want to see from Xbox in the future? Do you think this is a good strategy? Did you watch the podcast? And what are you most excited about in the future? I'll be keen to hear from you guys. So, from all of us at the Xbox cast and our very special guest, thank you guys for hanging out. And we'll see you all on Xbox Live. Goodbye and good night.